baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. little Vietnam rock there. You know... I was gonna say we we may be up to a little rock, little little war coming up here any day now with some of what Joe Biden's up to, but we'll, we'll behave, we'll behave. But with President Biden's announcement requiring companies with more than 100 employees to mandate vaccines for their employees or face massive fines, I thought it would be important for us to bring in someone who could answer some of the questions about the legal issues surrounding the president's mandate and your rights as an employee. Joining us now to talk about the threat that Biden's vaccine mandate poses on employment and on employers and employees, for that matter, is employment attorney and seasoned HR executive with over three decades of experience in employment law, her name is uh, is Karen Michael. She's got lots of experience. Hopefully she can set a little bit of light on this for us. Karen, thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you. Karen, let me let me just start out right here. What are an employee's rights to, you know, to reasonable accommodation regarding a, a vaccine mandate from their employer should they decide that they're going to follow Herr Biden's mandate? Well, some employers are putting out vaccine mandates without the emergency temporary standard. So let's start with that. Like there are a lot of employers that already have vaccine mandates. Yep. And if an employer puts in a vaccine mandate, an employer who employs 15 or more employees must comply with Title VII and the Americans with Disabilities Act. Those are federal laws. And as part of that, they are entitled to reasonable accommodations because they are unable to take the vaccine based on religion or based on a disability. And if they are trying to not get the vaccine due to one of those things, they need to ask for that. And then the employer talks to them, reviews their documentation, and makes a determination of whether the accommodation can be provided and what other strategies they can put in place to you know, keep people safe, mask wearing, social distancing, testing, those kinds of things. And that's what a lot of employers are doing for employees that can't take the vaccine, other than United, who chose to put employees on unpaid leave yeah. during a staffing shortage <laughs> who could not take the vaccine due to religion or disability. Yeah, but of course, the, the, they don't have any trouble with forcing, you know, two-year-olds, toddlers right. to wear masks and arrest their parents if they don't. But we'll, we'll set that aside. Um, 
okay, so you've got a, a doctor that tells their patient, look, it's not the right, you've got a heart condition, you've got a medical condition, you should not take the vaccine, that does happen. So then that employee would just present that doctor's recommendation, that doctor note to the employer, that covers them. Let's say you've got an employee who is a, uh, a Christian scientist, let's say, and they have a devout, sincerely held religious belief. What if that employee says, I do not want to take the vaccine because I have this sincerely held religious belief? They can't come up with a doctor's note. So that employee, it's really interesting because the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has these guidances that they put out. And earlier this year, oddly enough, they put out one on religion. And they're, they're kind of eating their words a little bit because they made it be super broad. It doesn't have to be a noted religion. It can be one that's never been heard of. It doesn't have to be a popular religion. It can be only believed on by one person. <laughs> so for employers, this for HR has become a nightmare because people are coming up with all kinds of the, the church of the spaghetti, that, mo- <laughs> the spaghetti monster. Exactly. Yeah, You've okay. heard of that, right. Yeah. And they're saying, I can't. I read one the other day. It says, I, I'm evangelistic and I can't take the vaccine or be tested because of my religion. Well, it's really hard for an employer to really analyze that. You can't test the legitimacy of the religion. You can only test the sincerity. And so one came out recently where they did reject the sincerity of this person's religion who said they couldn't take the vaccine because of fetal cells in the vaccine because they concluded that this particular individual either took certain medications that were made of fetal cells or he um, had taken another vaccine that had fetal cells. And, oh, by the way, this vaccine didn't have fetal cells. And so they refused to accommodate him, which I thought was interesting analysis. But these, these religious accommodations are really difficult for employers to analyze because of the complexity of figuring out you know, what is a sincerely held religious belief? And there's just really a lot of people making it up, to be honest. And it's been very difficult for HR people to, to analyze. Now, keep in mind real quick that if you work at a nursing home or a hospital with high-risk patients, it's not going to be a reasonable accommodation to let you not get the vaccine. Like that's going, you pose a direct threat. I think if you're unvaccinated and you're working with a nursing home. Right. So those populations are different than the garden variety in every other employer in the country. A guy that works at a, as an accountant or somebody you know, at a right. staffing agency or something. Yeah, okay. What about someone who says, I have a, a, a philosophical objection. I, I, I don't like to be told. I don't like the government telling me I have to take a vaccine. Or I don't like my employer telling me I have to. I have a political objection. Let's say it's, it's you know, somebody like that. A, a tinfoil hat person who just doesn't want to be told that they don't. You know, it's you don't have the right to mandate that I inject myself with a a vaccine. Ethical and moral beliefs don't count. So, okay. for example, I'm a vegetarian. So if I refuse to, there was a case involving a bus driver who refused to hand out McDonald's gift certificates or whatever because he was a vegetarian. And the question is, do I have that? Am I a vegetarian because of health, moral beliefs, ethical beliefs? Or am I a vegetarian because of a religious belief? If it's because of a religious belief, I might fall into the category of needing an accommodation. If it's for ethical and moral beliefs, then I don't. It's just kind of that cut and dry. Well, some people's religion is their politics and vice versa. So, you know, you you have a fine line there. But I see what you're saying. You need to make the religious argument or find a medical. Otherwise, you're not covered. Let's flip the script here. Uh, What about a case where um, an employee says, I'll get the vaccine, but only because my employer is making me. So I I didn't want to do it. I was not planning on doing it. But because of the mandate, I'm going to get this vaccine. However, I now expect my employer to cover any liability that may come. You know, it's a rare case that someone has an adverse reaction to the vaccine. 
But can an employee now turn to the employer and say, I want you, I want my work comp, or I want to be covered in case I have an adverse medical reaction to the vaccine? I, I would think that's a reasonable request to make because I'm only getting the vaccine because you're making me get it. I have not seen a successful case of that, but I have heard rumblings of whether or not getting the vaccine and, and consequences that flow from that is arising out of and in the course of employment. I don't think that's going to fly. I do think that they're going to be able to just kind of take their sick leave or whatever it is. And in the proposed uh, ETS, the emergency temporary standard, there's going to be some rule about paying for time off, uh, time off to get the vaccine, time off for any recovery from that. I, I personally don't think that the ETS is going to withstand legal scrutiny in part because of that. But assuming it did, there would be a requirement. But at this time, there has been no case that I've seen that has awarded somebody any kind of financial compensation through workers' comp or anything else because they took the vaccine based on a vaccine mandate from the employer. So let's look at it from the employer standpoint. What do businesses do when an employee won't comply? What are their options? Unfortunately, a lot of people are quitting. And I think that employers you know, everyone got on this vaccine mandate bandwagon and felt like it was the right thing to do. And then they realized, wait a minute, there's a lot of people that actually aren't going to get the vaccine no matter what we do. And I did a survey on LinkedIn and 50% of those that responded said there is nothing that any employer could do that would cause them to get the vaccine, whether the FDA approves it at that time, it hadn't been approved, whether they give incentive, nobody said they wanted incentives like money that President Biden proposed a hundred dollars, but that was a dead on arrival. And, you know, some people said a vaccine mandate, but 50% said nothing. They're not getting the vaccine. So now employers are realizing, well, wait a minute. You mean there's people that are, I'm going to have to quit? Like, I, I get emails because I write an article for the Richmond Times Dispatch every week. And so people read, it, read my article and I get inundated with emails right now from people who you know, say, I telework. I've worked for this company for 17 years and I love my job and I'm a great employee. And now I have to get this vaccine and I'm not going to do it. So it's my only option to quit. And unfortunately, the answer is yes. And so I look at that employer and say, is this a good business decision? Why right. are you even putting this in place? And look what's best for you. Employers need to stop jumping on the bandwagon of what everybody else is doing and focus on what they actually need to keep their own employees and their own customers in a safe and healthy work environment. We've done this for 18 months. Are people dying on the streets because your employees are unvaccinated? Or have you been able to mitigate this pretty well? Yep. And I think that's going to be the question that employers have to ask because there's already a staffing shortage. Retaining employees is already difficult. And now you're putting another another layer in that's causing people to want to leave and need to leave. And I just think that that's, doesn't make a lot of sense. No, I think you're absolutely right. We're talking with uh, employment attorney Karen Michael. I've got two other questions for you, Karen. Court challenges to this order have already been promised from multiple governors. I think you're going to have dozens or more, hundreds probably, of court cases. Any idea if it'll survive the courts? Obviously, I think there'll be an injunction the minute OSHA puts it out there. Any idea how those will fare? The emergency temporary standard can come out for six months. Of all of the ones that they've put out, I, I don't know, I can't remember how many have been challenged, but only one has been upheld by the Supreme Court. So the way it has to work is the ETS has to show that unvaccinated employees pose a grave danger to the workplace. And the fact that it's limited to 100 or more employees really calls that into question, because what about employees of one to nine ninety nine? Are they not posing a grave danger? Yeah. It really calls into question 
whether there is a grave danger. And I don't think they're going to be able to prove that. And I, I really don't think that it's going to survive scrutiny. Alabama, I think, has already filed a lawsuit, by the way. They said it's not ripe yet because we don't even know what's in it. And they've been very tight-lipped, by the way, about the language and what's going to be in it. And is it going to apply to people that don't come on into the workplace? And there's so many questions. And I frankly think they're a little late to the party. I mean, we're 18 months into this pandemic. In many states, things have peaked. And I just I think they're going to have a hard time showing that an unvaccinated employee in not a nursing home or healthcare setting, but just in garden variety, office, grocery store, whatever, is truly posing a, quote, grave danger and that there's nothing else that that employer could do to keep people safe other than making sure everyone is vaccinated. Right. Yes, uh, it is convenient for employers, but it's not ne- is it necessary. And that's what they're going to have to show. And, and let's keep in mind here, grave danger to someone who's vaccinated. So, you know, again, we're talking about unvaccinated who are that big a threat to people who are vaccinated. Really, you're only talking about people who are unvaccinated being a danger to people who are unvaccinated. So they're kind of, you know, you're taking your risk into your own hands. Well, I appreciate you, Karen. Thank you again for coming on tonight. I know you're also the author of Stay Hired, Thriving and Surviving in the 21st Century Workplace. That's available on Amazon. If folks are interested, they can get a copy of that there. Correct? Yes, they can. Yeah, we got to teach people how to go to work. Well, we got to teach. We got to get them back to work for one. <laughs> but Karen, I appreciate you. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, my friend. Thank you. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.